We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We had a wire-to-wire winner at the Genesis Invitational at a classic golf course. And all everybody can talk about was a golfer who wasn't there on a, tur- on a tour that doesn't exist and may never exist. That, and we preview the Honda Classic coming up this week as we begin the Florida Swing here on Gaming Golf. Welcome to Gaming Golf, the Honda Classic Edition and the review of the Genesis Invitational. I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm here with Scott Jenstad from Rotowire and Jeff Ritter from SI Golf. Guys, it was a loaded field, a beautiful golf course, a changing course on Sunday, uh, a great charge to win second place, but a wire wire winner with Joaquin Neiman. Neiman, I mean, he just blew away the field those first two days and then held on afterward. Jeff, what does that do for you with Neiman going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think someone like him, it, he feels like the oldest 23-year-old on tour. Did, did you say that last week, Scott? Where did, I heard that somewhere. It, it just feels like he's been around forever um, as like, you know, a future star. But not so much that he won the event last week, but the way he won it and the field that he beat. I mean, you, you, we made the case here a week ago that this might be the strongest non-major field of the year uh, to go wire to wire. I mean, that is like a, you know, that really, that really gets your attention as far as um, what Joaquin Neiman is today and what he's capable of. So it's like, uh, it's not your average tour victory. It's really, you know, the way he won it. That's like, you you level up from there in terms of, of where you are and where you fit in the hierarchy of the game today. Sure. Yeah, you throw up a back-to-back 63 Thursday, Friday at Riviera, and that's uh, that's pretty damn. He like had a little bit on Sunday where he just you know couldn't quite get it going, but never. I mean, every time he needed a big shot or needed a needed a birdie to kind of keep Cameron Young away and keep you know some of those bigger names from getting close, so he he got it. I mean, he just the weekend wasn't quite as good as this Thursday, Friday, which was freaking exquisite, but. Uh, All right. Just kind of got it. It just just got around on Sunday, got it done, hit some big shots, and it was uh it was super impressive. Yeah, like he got to a one-stroke lead like once or twice and almost immediately stretched it right back out. 
uh, you know, it wasn't the five shot lead he had on Saturday, but still three shots at almost the whole day until like, like, oh, he's with Morikawa is within two and he's on the green and on 18 and yep. nothing. You know, it was like, OK, great. Uh, the fun. So in part because of the lack of drama, in part because some of like the top stars didn't really weren't there on Sunday, like Rom was barely televised. Rory was done way early, did his backdoor top 10 thing, uh, you know. A lot of the, the focus in the golf world, golf media world, is on Phil Mickelson and the Saudi tour that may or may not happen. I mean, that really blew up. It was starting to blow up before the the most outrageous quote in the world ever happened. Jeff, I'm going to go to you again first because you you are a golf media dude. My God, what a quote from Mickelson there. I mean, you know, Shupnik really, you know, that that that's going to pay like that's going to sell a lot of books with that quote. Uh, it, yeah, I, it probably has. Yeah, I think you can pre-order his book. I, Shipnook and I, yeah. we used to work together at Sports Illustrated for a number of years, and he's uh, he's as plugged in as anyone. Yeah, he's known Mickelson his whole career. The, the Shipnook and Phil are about the same age, so they go way back. So there's a comfort level there. Where um, and Shipnook outlined it in his story of, "Hey, I'm writing this book. You know, with or without Phil's cooperation, he had plenty of details." And Phil kind of surprises him with a phone call around Thanksgiving, right at the end, you know, right as he's kind of putting the finishing touches on the book to talk about specifically this, you know, this right. interview that's, you know, is it, this didn't really want to comment on the other things. He just he has this Saudi thing on his mind. And, you know, Phil has this comfort level with Shipnook and it just obviously just a shocking, uh, shocking admissions, just an unfiltered, unvarnished look at what was really, you know, it was on his mind at the forefront of his mind at that moment in November, I believe when he did the interview and it just uh, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to imagine somebody as smart as Phil, not just, just being so tone deaf to not understand like how that's going to play. And, and yes, you have this, you're maybe in that moment, just at this, in this war with the PGA tour and he's trying to figure out a way to get some of his, you know, his causes advanced through the tour, but it just, it just, comes off so tone deaf so arrogant it's just it's not a good it's gonna take it's gonna take some time you know for this one to settle and obviously for the saudi tour uh there's there's obviously blow up there's setbacks there it's set back clearly the momentum that right. appeared to be growing within that you know renegade tour this is a setback there they lost dustin johnson who was rumored kind of connected to it bryson dechambeau seemed to be connected to it if you're you know reading the tea leaves and now they're both out so and rory mcelroy calls it dead in the water on sunday i mean it's just uh i'm not i would not go so far as to write off this saudi arabia tour yet i think there's still too much money over there and too many um you know if they had 20 now they have 18 17 or 18 people it's still I, i'm not ready to say oh forget about the saudi league because i think there's just too much there's too many. There's too much money over there. For, and, it's and going to be the Phil and Jason Kokrak tour, though, right now. Right? Yeah, I don't right. know. Well, it might. It might be. It, maybe that's how it starts. But it, it might just start somewhere. And if it just sticks around for year after year, then who knows where it goes? You know, if they just if they're able to get it running. So I'm not ready to call Saudi golf dead, but it was certainly a bad week, and it was an even worse week for Phil. Scott, yeah, you want to weigh in? I mean, that's more of a more of a Jeff expertise than me, but I'm I'm pretty willing to call it dead. I mean, and not, and dead is I mean, not the right word, but like maybe irrelevant for a long time. I mean, the guys that are attached now are you know over over forty, and maybe you know that's the way they win some money, and they can't really win on tour anymore. Some of his names on here, I just 
I don't know. When, when Dustin and, and Bryson, you know, made statements that they were out and all the big names, you know, Morikawa made a similar statement. We saw Rory's statement about Phil, like, as you know, I, we talked about it kind of before we got on air, but, you know, I don't want to kick Phil when he's down, but now I'm going to kick Phil when he's down over, <laughs> over and over repeatedly. Like, he just, I mean, he didn't hold back at all, which is, I, Rory's one of my favorite players because I, I just love the fact that he's super honest and down to earth and says what he says, what he believes, says what he thinks. And I think when you get, that many big name elite players who are like, there's no way I would do this thing. Um, I think it's pretty dead for me for a while, at least in terms of like real relevance. Yeah. JT's comment was pretty strong there too. And that's the one I always thought that like, he was one of the young guys that kind of was buddies with Phil, but you know, I think they put on like this happy face, maybe at the Ryder cup, but maybe there's, they don't care for him that much. I, I don't know. I, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, but I did drop Phil in our league. Uh, I don't think he's going to play for a while. It's, it's uh, wild how he went from, like, yeah. everybody thought he was kind of arrogant, didn't like him, and then, like, the social media age the last five years, like, he became super popular with hitting bombs and his calves and, like, the fireside chats with Phil. And then in, like, two quotes, he went back to nobody liking him again. It's just yeah. it's, it's been an amazing roller coaster with Phil. Of, like, everybody loved him, then everybody didn't like him, then everybody loved him again, then everybody didn't like him. It's just it's wild how much it's swung. Well, you turn your back on Pebble, you turn your back on Phoenix, you turn your back on L.A. I mean, these are courses where, you know, not only is he beloved there, but they're, like, that's his backyard. That's like where he's played a ton. He's just like, yeah, screw that. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I've got my ax to grind instead. You're right. Uh, it, it, the narrative change is so, so remarkable uh, yeah. there with him uh, and how quickly too. just, and the chronology, like the quotes that he did with Alan, you know, those, those were made back like you, Jeff, like you said in November, the other ones about like his, his maybe perhaps legitimate gripes about the PGA's tour and, and imaging and all that, you know, you could you could make a case for that. He started to make the case for that. But then of course he went too far. But this it's other weird. quote is just so wild, though. It just yeah. delegitimizes I mean, the fact everything. That he's an architect. The fact that he's helping them create the tour. I mean, yeah. A little, I mean, wow. Just and any any legit case you may have or like you know talking point that's interesting just goes away when you say the stupid stuff he does. I mean, it just you just, yeah. you, just yeah. you lose you lose any of that other stuff when he when he makes the comments he did. But sure. but you know just as the same way I say the Saudi league I don't think is dead. And you, know, you just and you said it, Scott. Scott Phil's been up and down, up and down. I don't think Phil's dead either. I Probably think not. he could still he could come out. I, there's just it, it's, it seems so hopeless today, and he's gonna. You know, are people really going to boo Phil Mickelson year after year after year over this interview in November? You know, I don't know. No, probably I don't think not. So. I, I think he'll he's, find he's, he's probably in the he's probably in the right sport fan wise where that's not going to be as big a problem. I, I would definitely say the golf media and his his peers are way more upset than golf fans are. I think that's yes. fair. Um, so I agree. I, we'll yeah. see. Uh, it just I just don't think he's going to play for a while because he's just. I mean, I think he's kind of isolated himself, but we'll see. Uh, so too bad. You guys, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of miscuts out there for him to uh, to, to strive for. I was just gonna say, starting on March first, y'all can try to pick him up. He was, gonna, he was gonna dominate the Champions Tour this year, though. There's a lot of money to be made for him there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but not the images from the Champions Tour. Oh wait, sorry, too soon. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, we've already usually we allocate about thirty minutes, and we've already spent ten of it uh, not allocating for this tournament. So about uh, ten minutes in, we'll do this here. Uh, okay, Honda Classic. We had 10 of 10 in the top 10 play last week. We had a loaded field. Very few players stayed away unless, except with the exception of a few Euros and Phil. Uh, this week, a lot of these guys are taking time off. We still got their Arnold Palmer. We still got some other big WGC coming up. Uh, so we don't have as many big names this week. 
No, we do not. We, we go from the toughest field probably of the year in a non-major to one of one of the weaker fields, uh, but still being played on perhaps the toughest golf course. So yep. <laughs> especially if it's windy, you know, it's so it's still a fun event to watch. Uh, I mean, you can take a drink every time someone says bear trap on the, on the broadcast, if you want, and just, you know, you can, you can play your own game that way, but it's, I, I still think it's a fun, it can be a very fun weekend, even with fewer high wattage names in the field. I still look forward to this one. Cause I think, uh, those Sunday finishes can often be fun. Yeah. I like this course too. I mean, it's fun. There's wet water on 15 of 18 holes, like in play, you've got three, two different, uh, three hole groupings that are among the, the top five toughest groupings on tour. When you get the bear trap at 15, 16, 17, but five, six, seven are also among the, uh, the top five and toughest, like three hole stretches in, in the, on tour all year. I mean, it's a fun, fun course. I mean, it, like the last seven years, the winner was in double digits only twice. Matt Jones won last year at minus 12, but this is a, this is a, whole, a, a tournament where you get a lot of double bogeys and triple bogeys. We don't get that in a lot of, uh, you know, events on tour you know a lot of like bogeys a really bad score even last week um but you know you get a lot of doubles and triples this week so it's uh it's wild it's fun there are a couple of like good second and third tier players but yeah you don't have the elite of the elite and you look at betting odds and DraftKings prices and it's just you know it, after you know, guys were getting it 7580 to one or now you know 9022 to one so it's uh you got to readjust but uh you know there's still uh still DraftKings uh tournaments and Fanduel tournaments to win and bets to win so it's uh another fun week i think Yep, we've replaced uh, Kikuya with Bear Trap in terms of our oh, promoting alcohol. As they a here. love uh, saying Kikuya. Yes, they do. Like uh, every time have... it sticks, it's like, oh, Kikuya. I'm like, all right, Faldo, we get it. Yeah, and now we go to NBC. So no more Faldo for a while. So no more gymnasts for a while. So we got that change as well. Let's look at the uh, let's look at the, the the field here. There's five guys in five digits. Guys that usually aren't five digit guys are five digit guys this week. Sun JM is at eleven thousand. Louis is at 10.8. Neiman is at 10.6. Berger, 10.4. And Brooks Kepka at 10.1. Uh, Scott Jensted, who do you like in this group, if any? Uh, I do like a couple. Uh, you know, I think I think Sung Jay's hard to argue against. He's really expensive, which would be the biggest argument against him. But playing yeah. really well, um, he won this tournament in 2020. I actually had I had bet on him in, in that one, so it was a lot of fun. He had a really good shot on 17, I think, to kind of clinch it uh, the par three there. Uh, he was eighth in 2021, so just playing really well. Last eight events, one missed cut four top 10s, six top 20s. Um, you know, he kind of took a couple weeks off, which we never see. So maybe that's re-energizing a little bit, playing really well. Um, but I think my top guy here, I think I'm going to take a little risk here. I'm going to go back to Daniel Berger at 10,400. I know he missed the one week, and then last week he missed the cut at Phoenix, lost strokes across the board. But he'd been hitting it so incredibly well prior to that, prior to the WD at Pebble. He sounds like he's getting healthier. Um, he's gained a tee green approach in nine straight events prior to that uh, that blip in Phoenix. So uh, finished fourth here in 2020, gained really nicely in tee green approach that year. Um, I think the course fits him. I think he's the best player in this field overall. Um, give it, uh, give me him as the, at the fourth highest price. So I'm going to go ahead and take that chance. I, the only thing I wonder about Berger is just this injury. This yeah. was like a back or neck, or I, sure. I think he's. I think you're getting a discount now at this price, even though it's still a five figure price. But just because the field's so weak, you know, he's, he should probably be priced higher. Um, but I like I like the pick. I would still look at Brooks Kepka. I know he missed the cut last week, but I just think. Uh, you know, he's close at Phoenix, um, seems to be coming back around, um, getting back in major championship form. And I think he's almost won this event once, at least once in his career. I was trying to dig out a yeah, course he was, history stat. He he's second, come, he's second, come close. Sec, second in 2019. And he there played he his college yeah. golf in Florida too. Yeah, so. he's a Florida guy. So um, I do think in general, I like a stars and scrubs 
build for DFS this week because the scrubs are particularly scrubby. I think you just, you know, we're talking about when the top players that are in this field in such a weak field. Now I think their advantage is more pronounced. So I want to get a couple guys off, off these high tiers. So I, I like, uh, I think M deserves to be the favorite. And if you can find a way to put him in your lineup, I think that's smart, but I also like Kepka and Berger too. So third week in a row for Rooksy, does he care? Um, and that's the thing I kind of wonder about sometimes. Short week last I, week. I, I said it last yeah. week, and I mean, Brooks can Brooks is Brooks. He can go off any time. But if you look at stats, he's like legit been bad aside from that week at Phoenix. He's lost strokes T to green now in um, six of seven uh, events that have a uh, you know, shot track on it, has lost an approach in five of seven off the T in four of five. Like, you, it's weird. You look at you look at Phoenix, and Phoenix sticks out as a weird outlier where he played well, gained a lot of strokes putting. I just don't think it's games in a very good place right now. Granted, it's Brooks; he can kind of turn around at any point. But it's hard for me to pay five digits for a guy who just legit is not playing good golf right now. Sure, I get it there. All right, nine thousand dollar guys: Tommy Fleetwood, ninety nine. First time I think we've mentioned his name this season. Billy Horschel, ninety six. Shane Lowry, ninety four. Alex Noren, ninety three. Matthew Wolf, ninety two. Keith Mitchell, ninety one. Matt Jones at 9,000. Jeff, do you like this tier? And if so, who do you like? I do like the tier. Um, I like Billy Horschel a lot for that price. Uh, another Florida guy, uh, just very consistent. Game, T degree game fits the T degree game profile you need out here. Um, I think that's a good price for Billy Horschel. I want, I like uh, Matt Wolf as a narrative pick, but I, I probably want to see a little bit more from him before I, I put him in my lineups. But I think, Keith Mitchell right below at 9,100 is playing really good golf. He's won at this, uh, I think he won in 2019, I believe, was Mitchell's year. Um, he's probably playing the best golf of his career now. Um, and even Shane Lowry, I think, you know, I've talked about him. I like to call him like the big game hunter because he won this Open. But uh, I don't know. I th- he's got a good track record also at, at this event. I think he's four for four or five out of five, something like that, and cuts made. I don't think he's missed a cut. So I like the 9,000 tier a lot. And uh, like I said, I'd want to get a couple of these guys in my lineup. Jeff stole a couple of mine. I do. Uh, I mean, Keith Mitchell just playing really well right now. You know, four attorneys in, in 2020 they missed one cut, but the other three are top 12s. Um, gained really nicely T to green in three of four. Gained 9.3 T to green and 4.9 off the T in Phoenix. Just hitting the ball really well. Um, I like Lowry too. Uh, he played uh, – he finished uh, top 25 in his last two events on the Euro Tour in uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And his last two Euro events in 2011 was, were both top 10. So he's playing good golf right now. Um, I think Horschel's going to be very popular. Uh, I am not playing him this week. I think the last couple of tournaments, he gained a ton on the on the greens, over five strokes on the green. I tend to like, I tend to like to fade guys who just kind of putted out of their mind the last couple of tournaments. Um, he lost tee to green off the tee and approach in, at Farmer, so kind of the, the the putter just made up for a lot of stuff. Um, I really like Tommy Fleetwood this week. I've been off Tommy Fleetwood for about a year and a half, but I think he's playing uh, really well now. Top twelve in uh, Dubai, he finished and he made the cut in Abu Dhabi. Really good course history here. Finished third in 2020, fourth in 2018. A um, couple of top tens late in 2021 on the Euro Tour. Has not missed a cut since May 2020. I think the game's coming around, and I think under 10,000, he's a, he's a play that I, I really like this week. I think he's got a chance to win this week. Interesting. All right. Um, I, I like it when you guys agree on a player, so I'm almost certainly going to be rostering Mitchell, but we'll see uh, how else everything fits. I, a, lot, a lot of the time it is roster construction, and we have to kind of figure out what we're going to do with that. Uh, before we move on to the $8,000 tier, a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, we are back. Uh, thanks to Blue Wire for hosting the Rotowire series of podcasts as well as Gaming Golf, which is a collaboration between Rotowire and Morning Read slash SI Golf. Um, I'm Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Jenstad. Uh we're previewing the Honda Classic. We're moving into the $8,000 tier. Here are the golfers in the 8,000s. Uh, Mito, check your libido. Uh, Mito Pereira is at 8,900. It's dizzying heights for him. Patrick Reed, 88. Brian Harmon, 87. Cameron Young, we saw a lot of him last week on the broadcast. He's at 86. Johnny Vegas is at 85. Aaron Wise is at 84. Mackenzie Hughes is 83. Gary Woodland, 82. Russell Knox at 81. And Christian Bezwiedenhut is at 8,000. Scott, who do you like? Did you just go with a young MC reference on the golf pod? Uh, I, yeah, I, I got to keep it for the young folks here, that all, all the young folks that are listening to us. So, yes. Uh, the young, using the 90s hip-hop yeah. references, yes. A song that came out in 92 or something like that. Um, yeah, this range is interesting because we've got, you know, last week and the week before, we had so many good golfers at 8,000. We're like, oh, I love this range, and these guys are all really good, and – 
this week you got to dig a little bit. It's a, it's a tougher range. Um, I do like some players in here. I think I'm going to go back to Russell Knox again. Uh, weirdly, he's finished 33, 33rd three weeks in a row, which has to be a new record for a weird stat. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just hit it really well again. He gained 4.1 T to green, 3.4 approaches, third straight great ball striking week, and 405 been really good. If you go like a little deeper, um, you know, good drives gain. You really need some accuracy off the tee or you don't want to hit the ball in the water. Um, he's number one in the field in good drives gained over the last 24 rounds. He's top 10 in bo- bogey avoidance, which is another stat you really like here. Um, you know, he's number one in the field in shot gain approach over the last 12 rounds. Like, a lot of stats where he's just playing really good golf right now. Um, he, last week, he didn't get it done on the weekend uh, last week, played pretty well on Thursday, Friday, then kind of faded a little bit. But I think at 8,100, he makes a lot of sense. Sebez, um, who we talk about a lot, I didn't like him last week. Uh, missed the cut. I just don't think Riviera is a good course for him. But um, finished 14th at Pebble, um, kind of an accurate player off the, off the tee, a good iron player. I think he fits this, uh, this course really well, 8,000. And lastly, uh, I like Johnny Vegas, 8,500. Uh, he's made five straight cuts here. For those inside the top 30, gained uh, gained T to green at Genesis, just lost a lot putting, finished 55th, but he gained, lost four and a half strokes putting, and he could turn that around. A uh, good T to green approach numbers at Farmers and Genesis. So I think he's playing really well, ball striking right, well right now, and has a good history here. So 8,500 is always a, it's a hefty price to play for someone like Vegas, but I think it works this week. Uh, I would start this tier just by pointing out that Patrick Reed is on my seasonal team, price at 8,800, and I still want my money back from that pick. I would like to see... Uh, <laughs> I I, I tried to look for like Reed. a stat that he made sense this week, and it just he's lost strokes tee to green in nine straight events that are that have shot tracker. Nine. God. Wow. That's Whew. just I stunning. Could, I guess I could pick up Phil Mickelson and drop lead now. That <laughs> yeah, was he's, he's out. Oh, but you have to wait till March first. The, 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 the only the only way to find someone more likable than Reed is to grab Mickelson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Scott, it's been a while since we've, since we've had a tier where we completely differ on, not that I don't like the guys that you picked, but I, I, so I flagged off this tier, Aaron Wise, who has a good track record off this, but hasn't done that much this year, but I just think he's, he's got a good performance record at the Honda. I just think he's just someone I watched. Like I thought he would be bigger by now than he is. He had a win early on in his career. And I just, I just, I've just been waiting for him to put it back together and it hasn't happened yet, but this is one of his better tracks performance wise. Also Mackenzie Hughes uh, is someone who, you know, he's been, he runs hot and cold, but he has a good track record at this event as well. Popped up in majors. Uh, I feel like that's a good price for him on this, on like a dud field week. Um, I could make the case there. And then I'm not giving up on Gary Woodland yet. I want to give up on Patrick Reed. I have Woodland in my seasonal league as well. And I just think he's working his way back from an injury plagued year. Uh, but I think T to green when, it, when he's on, this is the kind of place where he could do some damage. I acknowledge fully that he's been off for most of this year, but uh, I still believe in Woodland as well. So that's, he's that's had a good thing. run here at one point, just couldn't fit, close the deal. Yeah. He's only lost strokes T to green in four straight weeks as opposed to Reed. Oh, so he's doing great. Doing better. Who's so that, he's, who's for that? my team, he's hot. Woodland or Hughes? Woodland. Woodland has. Okay. Yeah. Go team. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. 7,000. So let's, uh, it's, it's a big tier. Now it's not as massive as before, but we're still, you know what? In the interest of time, I'm just going to, I'm not going to force you to break it into the halves. Uh, just name your $7,000 golfer guys that you like. Jeff, we'll start with you. Seb Straka backdoor top <laughs> yes. 20 last week. Look out, look out. That's about the first thing he's done in a while. Uh, I tried to pick up CT Pan in our league and, and failed at that. He wasn't it wasn't a full on free agent yet, but he's recently dropped. But 
you know, I pay attention to guys that just have a good Sunday the, the week before the tournament. And so I feel like that's a good price. If you're just looking for someone, it happens a lot. And golfers can relate. You figure something out late in your round and then you want to get back out there right away and play again. So um, it's just a little trend I look for. So I, I like CT Pan at that price. And then the other guy I was going to actually tee you up. Uh, you picked up. Yep. Uh, Nikolai, I think it's Hoygaard, right? Is that how you say it? Uh, That's what I'm going with. Sure. Yeah. So I was curious, I, I was going to do some research there. I was thinking about that one, but you grabbed him before he even appeared in the database, but I, I was curious <laughs> what you saw or what, what made you the uh, Danish sensation, look. Nikolai Hoygaard, uh, twin brother of Rasmus. But, uh, mm-hmm. the thing about Hoygaard mm-hmm. is you gotta know your Hoygaards. Yes, you do. Clearly. He's been on fire in the Euro tour. He, he's had a win, a second and a fourth s- since November. Uh, you know, he's a guy that is making, basically he's playing over here in the U S for the first time, 19 year old, I think 19 or 20 year old. Uh, I, I just, I, I want some upside and he is that he's, he's 20, uh, 20 is what he is. Uh, you know, he's like 67th in the world. You're going to see him in a lot more events that are also like limited to the top players in the world, especially if he shows well at all here in the U S um, he could go the Matt Fitzpatrick route where he takes forever to start cashing in on that and then withdraw the morning of an event or anything like that. Not that we're bitter about that from last week, but um, I, you know, I give me the 20 year old Dane than the 52 rather than the 52 year old American, I guess is what I was going with on this one here, but he's at 76. You're not getting him cheaply here too cheaply. At least he's not bargain basement, but you're, you're expecting, you know, he, he should be a cut maker at that price. Uh, but I like him. I like him for our season-long league where he gets multiple bites of the apple out of him. I like the idea. Somebody's got to step up in Europe, right? Like, There's a lot of people to replace off that European Ryder Cup team. And I, the idea of Danish twins, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a fun – I don't know. I'm excited to see the guy. I'm not – I was looking up his Euro results, and I, but I'm excited to get a closer look. He's 20 years old and, and coming over for the Honda. I'm, I'm going to be watching him, and I'm, I'm jealous that you plucked him before I could even really make up my mind who I was going to cut. Joe Sheen was Honda. also looking at him. He emailed yeah. me as soon as I picked him up, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Scott, who do you like in the sevens? Yeah, I mean, Horgard's interesting. You look at him, he got two top fives in November. He won on the Euro Tour two weeks ago. I was a little surprised he was priced up. So clearly, uh, you know, DraftKings was not, uh, knew who he was ahead of time, too. Um, in this range, I like Chris Kirk at 7,500. He's gained T degree in eight straight tournaments. He finished 14th at Phoenix, gained 5.6 T degree in one point in approach. Um, he missed two cuts prior to that, but he did gain T degree in those weeks. So he's hitting the ball well. I think he's a, he's a pretty good price here. Um, I like Grayson Sig again. We talked about him, I believe, at Pebble. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't hit it off the off the tee great there, but made the cut. He's, he's made four on four and made cuts in 2020. Uh, last three tournaments, all top 35. At this price, if he does that again, I think that's a win right there. Uh, if you look at, uh, you know, looking at uh, shot gain approach over the last 12 rounds, so kind of, uh, you know, making it really recent, he's fourth in the entire field. So that's a pretty good stat right there at 7,400. And then I think Hudson Swafford's interesting again. He won at Amex in January. Uh, he's priced all the way down at 7,100. He was only 60th at Phoenix, but hit the ball well. He just lost 7.4 strokes putting. That's about as big a number as Yeek. you'll see on the greens. Really rough, but, you know, he can kind of get back to, you know, even average putting, hitting the ball well. I know he missed the cut at Farmers, but a, a couple of good ball striking weeks. At 7,100, you know, in this field, we're kind of just looking for anything to kind of uh, grasp onto. And I think that, uh, you know, a guy who won, uh, won a month ago, hitting the ball pretty well, I think works at 7,100. Indeed, indeed. Okay, six thousand. So let's uh, whip through these. I mean, it's not like last week. You know, it's not a hundred twenty man field with only the best golfers in the world. We're digging in a little bit, a little bit deeper this week. 
Are you avoiding the 6,000s, or is there anybody you like? Scott, you get to start. Uh, just a couple of names down here that I do uh, will sprinkle in in a couple of lineups. Uh, Austin Smotherman at 6,800. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. 33rd at Pebble, 11 at Farmers. Um, legit hit it well, too. Like, you look like, did, did he gain a bunch around the green or anything like that? Was it fluky? But gained 3.2 on T to green and approach at Pebble, and then he gained 6.2 T to green and 5.9 at Farmers on approach. So hitting the ball really, really well in those two tournaments. So those were legit finishes, and I like to see that at a guy that uh, is under 7,000. The only other guy down here I get a little bit if I can uh, if I can get there is, is Ryan Armour at six six hundred. I think he uh, top thirty his last two tournaments at Sony and Pebble hit it really well at Sony. Gained six point three TD green and six point three approach. So someone that you know it's you're kind of you're grasping again down here under seven thousand. I, I think I like smother him a little bit more, but if I needed to save a couple bucks, I think Armour is the other guy down here that I'll, I'll play. Well, if you're going to go stars and scrubs, you better have at least a couple scrubs. So. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, Smotherman was my pick too off this tier. I also flagged uh, Hayden Buckley. Um, he's kind of living off his fall results a little bit, but he does rate highly in T to green. I think he's top 25 in that category. Withdrew last week. We don't know why, but he's back in the field and just you're just looking for someone. You're just grabbing for someone to try to make a cut. So um, I do see some upside there, at least with the statistical profile. But I like Smotherman off, off this tier. He'd be the first if you're going to go star and find the scrub, I would go straight to Smotherman as the scrub and, and start building from there. Yeah. Uh, I made one mistake. Well, I made, I made many, many mistakes, including not having the winner, but uh, last week, but one, another mis- structural mistake I made was having the same scrubs in both lineups uh, last week. And, you know, you get, when that said scrub is, you know, is uh goes plus six and then get dqs after that it's you get five dk points and you're done and so wyndham clark uh come on down i i will learn from that if i'm going to go with some guys in this tier i'm going to use them one time and use someone else the other time i think that's that's a takeaway for me we had we we all were just whipped into a frenzy over wyndham clark when you tossed him out last week we had the, certainly the viewers were excited about the wyndham clark we just, dozens everybody was dozens aboard. of us yes everyone was on board the hype train for wyndham clark and then what a spectacular uh Total face. Oh, the other lesson I learned is don't insert my own opinion. Also, just listen to you guys. But... <laughs> no, no, you've already you're on the record now with Hoygaard. You're, yeah, I know you, that that should be your first sign. But uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I, I was interested. OK, let's talk a little gaming here. Uh, it is gaming golf, not just DFS golf. So uh, who do we like from our betting sheet? Jeff Ritter, you get to go first here. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, it's a Stars and Scrubs week, so those Stars odds are distorted from where you'd want to see them. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't write off Keith. I'd still like Keith Mitchell, though, 30-1. to 1. I show him 30-1 to 1 on golf odds. I can never, I never get into the casino I area. I see him at 35 on DraftKings right That's now. what I have, so. too, yeah. All right, yeah. So that, that's, that's even better. Op- the DraftKings casino is not an option here in Texas, so I, I just kind of go to golf odds. But Is there like an that. option in Texas right now? No. Uh, I didn't think yet. so. We're no, like California. No. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly, there's no options in California either. Yes, allegedly. Yes, you you Um, you know you have a friend in the desert, so that's good. I gotcha. I know. Uh, I know. I know not of what you speak. Yes. All right. Uh, So moving on. So we like Keith Mitchell at 35. Who else do you like? I I would I would also still flag Aaron Wise, which I show 40 to one on golf odds, and then. I mean, Sun JM deserves to be the favorite, but 12 to 1 for Sun J, I just can't do it. So, but I, I show yeah. Billy Horschel at 20 to 1, and I like that too. So that's, that's probably where and I'm I And points bet he's 22 to 1. One thing on Rotowire you can check out is 
We list uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, and PointsBet, and they'll give you the best one of those uh, for win bets uh, on our odd, golf odds page. So you can check that out. Rotowire.com slash try. Get your free 10-day trial. Uh, Scott, who do you like on your betting sheet? Yeah, this is a weird week because it's a week where there's so much variation with, you know, the guy guy hits a couple balls in the water all of a sudden. You know, a lot of people can win this week. Um, so I'm going to go one guy at the top and then kind of go over some guy, a bunch of guys in the mid-range. Um, the top guys are tough because they're all pri- – a lot of these guys are priced under 20. We don't see them there. But I'm going to go Daniel Berger at 16-1. to 1. It was between him and Fleetwood for me. Uh, Berger's a little bit of a better price. I think he, I'm going to go there 16-1. to 1. And then I'm going to drop back a little bit. I'm going to go Keith Mitchell with Jeff at 35-1. to 1. I'm going to play Cebez at 50-1. to 1. I think it's a good, good setup for him. Then dropping back a little bit, some darts. I'm going to take Russell Knox at 65-1. to 1. The ball striking is just too good right now for me not to take that price. And then I'm going to go a little Chris Kirk at 70-1 to 1 also. So uh, – you know, some uh, three guys over fifty, a couple of guys a little bit lower, but I think Daniel Berger is uh, the one I'm going at sixteen to one among the among the top guys. You know, what do you do with a guy like like Cam, uh, like Cameron Young, who really splashed and is now maybe he's going to get his way into a lot more tournaments because of that? You know, week immediate week after is that like an auto fade after a guy's coming off his best week like that? I, I was surprised he was fifty five to one. I thought he'd be more in the thirty five to forty because he really hung in there pretty well. I don't think yeah, he's he did. A, I don't think it's a terrible stab. It's just, I mean, he hits the ball a freaking ton. So I think it's more courses for me is like, you know, really bombers courses. I mean, he led the, led the field in driving distance last week. And I mean, just crushing the ball. I think for me, it's a little bit, uh, I, I want to, this is more of an accuracy course, but on the bombers courses, Cameron Young will definitely be something I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of water, like you said, on this one there, when you, you bomb inaccurately, uh, you get punished a little bit more perhaps. So that, that that's, that's not a bad point there too. Uh, finally, one and done. What do we got this week? I think Scott, I'm going to make you go first here. What do you got for us this week? So uh, I do like uh, I do like Berger to win, but I don't want to play him in one of them. My one shot coming off the injury because that is still a little bit of risk. I'm actually going Tommy Fleetwood this week. I think it's a a good field for Fleetwood. I want someone that's uh you know kind of a second tier guy that uh, is coming over playing well, but in a field where there's not a ton of big names. You know, a lot of the tournaments Fleetwood plays are majors, and I probably will you know go go with someone else in a lot of those tournaments. So I think it's a good spot for me to to burn Fleetwood this week. I think he has a legit chance to win, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use him. And Jeff, what do you got? Good for us pick. Here? I uh, I am tempted by Sung JM because I don't see myself taking him in the majors, but I, I was also so chalky that I feel like he might be the most selected in our pool. So I'm going to go just one one spot over. My second favorite pick is Billy Horschel. I'm going to take him, and I'm going to lock it in now so I don't uh, forget have the, the Scotty Scheffler incident repeat itself. So I'll, I'll be doing that for the next 30 seconds, but I still want to hear yours, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, who has two thumbs and wasted Sung JM in an event where he somehow missed the cut? This guy. So uh, don't trail me. First of all, uh, fade me. Uh, I will go Burger, assuming I you know I don't hear anything. The one thing is with the East Coast being on the East Coast now, if you're a West Coast denizen like Scott and I, you get a late withdrawal, you're you're screwed because it's an early withdrawal and you're not up at four yeah. in the morning. But I, I luckily had uh, had one DraftKings lineup that did really well last week. It was way up after three weeks, but the other one had Matthew Fitzpatrick in it. It was dead literally at six in the morning on Thursday. Yeah, uh, and that that's the thing is that's that's now our new reality. We're not going to be back on the West Coast anytime soon. So and, uh, and Jeff, of course, went to his lineup, took Fitzpatrick before he texted me, and then uh, I missed the lineup. So I'm I'm going to yeah, go ahead and blame Jeff after last week. <laughs> that's right. I need to text you first, risk not getting it in on time. And what then, I then what I would do is like, who does this affect? Does this affect Jeff Erickson? It does. I'm going to take care of that first and then deal with myself later is what I would have done, but that's just me. 
Yeah, I know. It's exactly what most people do in life. But uh, yeah. Uh, and, and the fact is, I did text you my lineup ahead of time. So you did see that I had that there. Yeah. So I'm going burger. It's a little risky. I might change my mind on that. No Neiman. No one's no one's going to jump back on Neiman. No one likes to go back to the well on that, do they? It's not, it's, not when it's, it's such tough. a big, I mean, it's just played out of his mind. It was such a dominant. And I just, the fact that after the tournament, he felt like the tournament lasted for a month. I, I think he kind of, he, he seemed like he was a little drained by the end. Understandably going wire to wire is tough. Um, I think this is a tough cross country week for Neiman. For sure. Especially when he's dominating, he's going 60, 63, 63, 63. Yeah. And like the second question is what, what are your thoughts on Saudi? I'm like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> let him enjoy the moment for crying out loud. No doubt. Uh, so there you go on that. So yeah, burger for me for now. Um, it, it's one of those weeks where I, I'm almost tempted to go kind of like off the board a little bit here. I might go to, I might pivot to Mitchell. I don't know, just because it's not a week with a ton of obvious selections. So, you know, I'm in fact I'm doing it. I'm going Mitchell. That's he, it. He, he makes a lot of sense because how many weeks are you really going to be that fired up to use Keith Mitchell playing well in this kind yeah. of field? It's a good spot like to it. use him. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. Yeah, I'm going Mitchell, and then watch now that now that I say that now watch Burger win, but. Uh, there you go. All right. That's going to wrap up uh, our Honda, Honda Classic preview. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, please like subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff with us. Read Jeff's article that he posts on, on SI Golf as well. And you know, give us all the feedback you want. We really want to know if there's something we're not covering. Let us know. Please give us all the feedback we, you can possibly give us. We thrive on that. Live on it. Breathe it. So it's very important. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good luck in the Honda Classic. Have a great day.